sugar. It's a rainy day in Los Angeles. And I feel like rainy days are good for digging into a book, making some tomato soup with some grilled cheese or, or just, you know, vegan, whatever you want, something cozy, but also kind of relaxing, but also sometimes digging in the book to, to dig deep. And so I feel like this episode with Rihanna Milne is a great way to kind of dig deep into Dear Maddie. Now, I know a lot of you listen to the show whenever you're driving and everything, and I think that's great. But I have to say, I feel like this is an episode, if you ever wanted to just kind of uh, be somewhere where you can write down, take notes. Uh, I don't know if I've really had an episode, I think, that does this so much. But I think this episode with Rihanna is kind of the perfect episode. episode for that. So to give you a little bit about Rihanna, she's a certified global life and relationship coach uh, for singles. She works with couples. She's based in Florida. And when I say life coach, we talk about this a little bit. I feel like some people are life coaches and they, you know, they learned how to get a good haircut and they're pretty good at, mal- ban- ban- you know, mal- balance. I can't say the word balancing their budget. And, you know, they have eight pack abs and now they're a life coach. This is not Rihanna. This woman is like, she's got more letters behind her name than Lord, than the alphabet. And she really, and you'll learn, she's really lived her own life personally, but then like studied so much. And she's one of the, I think the reason why she and I got along so well, and I for sure want to have her get on my show, is that she is just, she's curious AF. I mean, so curious and so wanting to just help people through her experience, through her own journey, but all, but mainly through her training. And a lot of her training, I just want to give you a little warning, is about trauma. So we're going to be talking about some childhood trauma stuff. So this could be trigger warning for some of you. So I just want to put this out there. Uh, probably not a family-friendly show, uh, just in case topics come up that, um, you know, or just be prepared to have discussions about those. So, but... What I do love about Rihanna, she's like, hey, let's talk. Let's talk about some traumas. Get the workbook out. Answer some questions about yourself. Like, I'm telling y'all, we are going hashtag dig deep. This is what I love about I mean, I, I, just, I just really, really enjoyed this episode. And I like this because I honestly feel like it's, um, you know, I always, I love doing shows that entertain. And I love doing shows that have a com- comedic tint. But also love, you know, I love doing these shows where it's a conversation maybe you've never had, ever. And I'll talk more about that at the end of this show. But um, Sugars, it's, I mean, this episode still stuck with me. So, and we recorded this about a month ago. But anyway, I'm going on so much, but I hope you enjoy it. Um, be sure to listen to my, uh, she talks about it in the show, but be sure to listen to my outro. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about a, f- a free offer that Rihanna has to help Dear Maddie listeners. If you're interested, you don't have to live in Florida. She coaches people all over the world. So that's the beauty of this. That That is truly the beauty of technology now, y'all, is if you don't want to tell anybody in your small little Oklahoma town or you live in Missouri and you don't want to tell anybody you're doing therapy and working on yourself, sugars, you don't fucking have to. You just do it online and you just make yourself better and everybody else can just live their life and go to Walmart and have fun. You don't, they don't need to know. And that's what I love. So if you're kind of stuck in this place and you want to try this, literally Rihanna's giving you stuff for free that you can try out and see if this is even something you want to do to coach with her. But seriously, I mean, even while I was listening to the, this again, editing, I'm like, 
I need to call her. Jesus, I got to sort out my own life. Um, <laughs> so I hope that I hope that you can open up in that way too. And I just a Rihanna Milne, I couldn't have enjoyed having her on the show anymore. All right, sugars, that was the longest intro ever. But you know what? It's about your life. So there you go. Hope you enjoy. We're recording. What? What? Hello, everybody. It's a podcast. Woo! We are doing it on a Thursday. I hope you're doing well, Sugars. This is Welcome to the Dear Maddie Show. This is Matt Marr. Um, I'm Sugars. Get ready. This is what I call a hashtag truth talk, hashtag dig deep episode, <laughs> where you know I love doing this shit, and I'm getting, you can cuss on my show, Rihanna, oh, so beautiful. don't worry about it. Good. Good to I'm know. Good. So I'm excited. <laughs> so I want to welcome to the show fellow, fellow therapists, fellow, I mean, life. This woman, I mean, Rihanna, Rihanna Milne, thank you for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Matt. I'm so happy to be here. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Now, um, we uh, we met through mutual friend Kara, and I think what attracted to me to having you on your show is, I mean, I'm going to ask for you to t- tell everybody a little bit of like what you do, but obviously you're a therapist, I'm a therapist, but, but we're definitely, if you're listening to this show, I just want to like preface and say this could be... I don't know where Rihanna and I are going to go because we we have already been giggling before we started recording. So, but this could be this is going to be a fun interview, but this also could be triggering to some people because we're going to be talking about some childhood traumas, which I think is something that we don't discuss really very very infrequently as adult as adults. Right. So, I just want to put I just want to put that out there for people that if you're listening or if you're listening to this show with your kids, hopefully you don't cuz I cuss like a sailor. But if you do, <laughs> this might not be the episode for you to listen to with your children unless maybe you take a, a listen to it first. So, I just want to put those kind of safety things out there for everybody cuz okay. I love y'all. And um so we want to tell tell everybody that like just tell it, tell everybody what you, I mean, you're an author, you're a speaker, but tell yeah. everybody kind of what your, fo- what your focus is. Okay. Well, I've been a, a couple singles and family therapist for 18 years in private practice. Uh, my company is called Therapy by the Sea. I was in Atlantic City area for 14 years and then moved down to Delray Beach, obviously for the lifestyle. It's gorgeous here. And yeah. then I went into RCI, Relationship Coaching Institute, because I really liked the style of coaching versus therapy. And um, I found therapy to be much better, faster, cutting edge quality of transformation for my clients. And I have clients of all ages. And I have men, women, younger, older, um, straight, LGBT. And as I was going through my own life, I found some situations happen to me that led me to some deep research. And, um, you know, basically, I had found that my relationship was not what I thought it was. I married a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and, Ooh. and his Dr. Jekyll, just like the show, the Broadway play, he's respected, Ooh. loved, you know, veneered, uh, handsome, charming. And then there's Mr. Hyde, the dark, sinister, hidden personality type. And I couldn't figure out why he was doing what he was doing. And it was nothing I learned in my psychology master's program. I have a triple master's in applied clinical and counseling psychology. And I dug really deep into this. And, you know, I heard, I I discovered an older term of ACOA, adult child of an alcoholic. And they were identifying, and his father was indeed alcoholic, but I thought there was really something more. 
And mm-hmm. I did over two years of research and discovered more of the childhood traumas. And in 2014, the Kaiser Permanente Group out of San Diego came out with some great research identifying about 18 what they call ACEs, adverse childhood events that mm-hmm. um, identify when you're young, if these occur, that certain then personality dysfunctions, habits, uh, toxic behaviors come out, especially in your love relationships as an adult. So that's what led me into doing this. And I love the coaching so much. I mean, I discovered, oh my gosh, like the majority of my clients have this. And then the research shows 89.8% of adults have experienced at least one ACE uh, with many more experiencing three to six, sometimes even seven. So um, when I discovered this, I said, I want to coach because I want to give a more supportive model. My coaching clients, Maddie, are so spoiled. (laughs) They can email me. They text me. We meet by Skype. We meet on Zoom. You know, as a therapist, you have all these rules. And they're not really set up for the benefit of the client's healing and transformation. And that was my number one goal. And Mm -hmm. I knew people of trauma needed a lot more support and needed answers Mm -hmm. when they were feeling anxious or depressed. So I developed these amazing coaching programs and a couple of books. Um, Love Beyond Your Dreams is my number one bestseller. Uh, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. And then the sister book is Live Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose, and Success. And then with Mm -hmm. that goes a 200-page notebook of interactive exercises that help me help my clients as they answer them. I know how to build the puzzle. And Mm -hmm. kind of long story short. Yeah, I love work. They're amazing. And then basically it's making the unconscious conscious because you can't un- change what you don't understand. So until they understand yeah. why things are happening, then, you know, they can then start making the unconscious conscious and be more aware. Well, so it's awesome stuff. Well, and I love that you <laughs> explained, I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but um, I like how you um, just kind of explained, uh, for, I think, a lot of people get confused about what's the difference in coaching and what's the difference in therapy. And also too, I feel like you're doing something different in that. Like, do you describe it as, is it like a life coaching? Cause I also too think that when somebody, and I'm just going to say this cause I've met them. Um, uh, you know, I like, I meet a lot of people that are life coaches and some of them are like, Oh, I did a certification at like, you know, Joe Blow Institute. And, you know, <laughs> And I'm right. like, well, how long have you been doing this? Well, like six months, and I'm a personal trainer now, and all this. And I'm like, okay, great. And then, but I yeah. mean, you're legitimately, you're, you're because well, I say I, this because I, trauma is that people, if, if, I just want to say this if you're listening, if right. you're thinking about going to somebody to discuss trauma, if somebody is not, if they are not educated in trauma specifically, you need to find someone totally. who is. So what's the difference with yeah. your, cause I feel like you're not the typical quote unquote life coach. Like we're kind of used to hearing. No. Well, I, I was LPC licensed professional counselor in Jersey. And then when I moved to Florida, I had to relicense, take more courses and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. Um, 
I'm also LCADC, Licensed Certified Alcohol and Drug Addictions Counselor. Ooh. Down here, it's CAP, Certified Addictions Girl, Counselor. Girl, you got all the letters. I'm also, yeah, a lot of letters. CCTP is the most important, Certified Clinical Trauma Professional. Yeah. And then I also worked in the schools at all level with kids of trauma for many years, and that's a SAC, Certified Addiction, um, Certified um, Oh my gosh, student assistance counselor, SAC, student assistance counselor. And then I went to RCI 2009, one full year to coach singles and another full year to teach couples in both life and love. So it's all about the transformation um, for my clients in life and love. And it's a 50-50 program. We go into both. And when you are coming from childhood trauma, you usually need some help in both life and love. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's it. You know, it's interesting, too. And I say to people, you know, I have a master's in clinical psychology. So you would think that... Um, I would be well equipped in, in trauma, but not to go off on a tangent, Rihanna, but as soon as I would start applying for some, I was interested in working in trauma, but as soon as I applied to some of the internships, I realized that some things I wasn't equipped because that was not something I was taught in grad school. No, well, none of this was taught. Exactly. No, and it's I, so, I have a trip. Um, exactly. It seems so odd, honestly, because trauma is it's everywhere. Like you said, almost everyone, if not, I think practically everyone has experienced some type of childhood trauma that, that professionals a lot of times don't know how to treat. Sorry, everybody. Exactly. Rihanna got me on a soapbox, (laughs) but, uh, Well, it's so true, Matt. When I went through that, I have all these psychotherapist friends. I'm there. What is this? What is this? Like, you just picked wrong. You're like, no, this is something deep. This is nothing I heard. Yeah. You know, this is nothing I learned. And I have a three-part master's. I have a triple master's because I'm, you know, psychotherapist within the schools and, and in hospital settings and all of that. And it's like none of this was discussed. The closest I came to it was PTSD and mostly around our soldiers. That yeah, was it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because you know? I think USC has a program. I've had some for that. That's supposed to be a good PTSD program that friends have done. But that's it. You're right. Mm-hmm. That Because especially yeah. working with, um, just in my experience, like I learned more about, I used, I volunteered for a suicide helpline for LGBT youth. I learned a lot about trauma mm. there and how to deal with crisis management. But then also really, I mean, especially working with queer youth, there are a lot of, especially yeah. like foster youth. It's so... It was beyond my scope, which is thankfully I'm going to live in Los Angeles and we could get support for that. But it makes me think of like, it makes me grateful for people like you in places that necessarily we wouldn't think of like LGBT meccas where I would feel good sending someone to you because I know you could handle what they've been through. Exactly. As a matter of fact, on the TV docuseries I just completed, uh, it's called Radical Dating, Finding Lasting Love Over 40. There were three straight females, one straight male, one gay male. And they said, Rihanna, you'll have to take Scott. Now, Scott had childhood trauma. He grew up in a home where his mom was a pretty famous actress. And she said, nope, you will not Mm. be gay, you know, because I'm in the Hollywood set. And then um, later, the unfortunate part there was he had a wonderful partner relationship of eight years and he was killed right in front of him by a car. So he was very stuck in moving on and trying to find love and and date and open his heart and trust again, you know, and, and the long story short is of the five contestants, Scott found love first and he's still with his partner 14 months later. So 
I'm so thrilled. And we worked through a lot of issues that he had from his past, which had to be worked on first before he could really open his heart to love. You know, and that's the important thing. So I have helped a lot of young people come out to their parents over the years. I used to have a talent agency. I used to have a model and talent oh. company. So, you oh, know, with that yeah. accent, you're a model. I love it. Um, Rihanna, I love it. <laughs> you're hearing it, I, huh? I love it. Yeah, for sure. I'm a Philly girl. Oh, I'm going to Philly this summer for the first time. I'm so excited. Oh, great. Philadelphia people, not only crazy fans, but we're really good, fun people. You know, the too. funniest stand so. I used to, I still do stand up some, but the funniest stand up comedians that were so inappropriate were always from Philly. They were the funniest. They were the funniest. <laughs> yeah. But you got to have a good sense of humor living in that big city, but no, we do have a good we, time. You do, you do. <laughs> so, okay, I want to, I feel like. Sugar, I feel like if we had a glass of wine and two chairs, we'd talk forever. But I want to jump. Let's I want to jump it. into some stuff because <laughs> the reason why I had you on the show again is because I feel like, and I've noticed this in my own practice with clients, and and um, they're just again, people are. It breaks my heart that, and it's interesting that you talked about earlier. Like it wasn't until you know, here I am, thirty eight years old, and it wasn't until about like four years ago that I realized that my mother was a child of an alcoholic and it kind of hit me how much that you think, Oh, I'm a, I'm two, I'm two generations away from alcoholism. I never had that in my immediate family. Uh, Then I was, I was helping another client who was their parent was an alcoholic. And I saw such similarities between the way they were raised and the way I was raised. And I thought, here, my mom is not an alcoholic, but yet being, she experienced childhood trauma with her father yes, going through it. And, and that yeah. so affected the way she raised myself and my brother of this kind of coat, this, uh, you know, like people go to CODA for, or, or not CODA, but for Al-Anon and things for this mentality. So when mm-hmm. I saw that you definitely, I really think that I'm hoping what people get from this, it's like, really listen to this with open heart, everybody, open mind and that I, we're going to. I know you, you're going to li- talk about kind of some of the 10 most common childhood traumas that impact our lives as adults. Because we yes. think if it happens in our past, that it was our past, but we are holding on to those things. Yes, unconsciously yeah. we are. Yes, until we work, do this work. Um, and what you just said, Maddie, was so important because research shows that childhood trauma does go through the generations. Mm. So until someone does the work, becomes consciously aware, then it usually does slide down to the children and the children's children. So we want to try and put a stop to it. So I, ha- I really am ha- happy that you're helping me to spread the message and get the word out there about what is happening in so many love relationships. Oh, yeah. So, so how does this manifest? Yeah. So, what are some? And uh, don't give Let's, your book away, sugar. But give me. <laughs> but no, but seriously, <laughs> give me. Uh, can, can we talk about a couple of childhood yep. traumas that impact our lives now? Yeah. Yeah, I want to list them all. There's 10, and I'm going to encourage your listeners to get pen and paper and make three columns. The first column, just write me. When they, If it pertains to you, just put a check mark. Second one is partner, the last partner you'll have or your current partner. And third column is parents. So mom or dad or both. And as I go through the 10, just make check marks if they apply. So here we go. Now, remember when you're young, you're very innocent. And trauma is something that 
occurs to you. It's nothing that you've caused. So it's nothing to feel guilty or shame about. Um, it just happens to you. And over time, we just kind of think, well, this is normal. Most people said, I don't have trauma when I grow up. I kind of had a normal childhood until you hear these mm. 10. So the first one is addiction. So if your parent had any addictions, and I'll just name 10 common ones, drug, alcohol, of course, sex and cheating, porn, eating, hoarding, spending, gambling, TV watching, gaming. Now there's 10 wow. right off the bat. Um, I was making some yeah. check marks on so that. Any <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So that's the first one. Second is um, verbal abuse. If you were a recipient of, you received the verbal abuse and either yelling, screaming, verbal put downs, no compliments is another Ooh. one. So absence of affirmations. Uh huh. Uh, or getting the silent treatment when they were mad at you. Or the other one is witnessing the fighting and the screaming between your parents. Okay, that's verbal. Second is emotional, or third is emotional abuse and neglect. Now, we all mostly know what that is and different types of it. But even the research shows for single parents, you know, when I was off uh, raising my two daughters as a single mom, you know, I sometimes at one period of time had five jobs. So they had to come home from school, let themselves in, get a snack, do their homework. Well, that's a form of neglect, according mm. to the research, because little people still get scared walking to an empty home. So I, I get that. But it's not like we cause neglect on our kids. Mm -hmm. We don't want to. But these are just what the studies are showing. Okay, the next one is physical abuse, rape, or molestation. And physical abuse can, you know, be severe beatings, or of course, you know, sex or molestation. Any of those, any of those are rated a level ten in trauma. When I listen to uh, people I talk to, um, I ask them what trauma is and what level severity. But that's always mm -hmm. a level ten, and ten being the worst and one being slight. Okay, the next one, this is a popular one, abandonment. And there's two types mm -hmm. of abandonment. There's fault and no fault. So in no fault abandonment, three examples would be um, if your parent happened to die early. Mm -hmm. A second one, if your parent went off to war. A third one, if your parent travels a lot because that's how they supported their yeah. family. Now, you know, I didn't think I had any abandonment. Then I heard this and I thought about it. It's like, wow, you know, my dad was, we didn't know, but he was CIA and FBI. So my dad was like James uh, Bond. And I remember as a little girl saying to my mom, when's dad coming home? And she goes, I don't know, like kind of in disgust. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why don't you know? Where's my mm -hmm. dad? You know, and we were very close. I loved when my dad was home, but, um, you know, that was just something I look back now and I said, well, that's a no fault abandonment piece for me. You know, mm, so here's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. So a fault abandonment is if there's a divorce situation, your parent goes away and there's a lot of promises made and not delivered, or I'm going to see you next weekend, or I'll pick you up. They're late. They don't keep their promise. They don't see you as much as they should. That's a fault because they could have controlled that. Okay. Next one. Mm. It, if you were um, part of adoption, if you were adopted, part of foster care, or you went to live with other adults, whether they were relatives, family friends, or even neighbors. Like I have a client right now. She goes, I chose to live with another family to get away from my parents fighting. Mm. So that would be a situation for that one. Number six. Um, number seven is probably the most common one. This is called personal trauma. This includes bullying, not fitting in, not feeling good enough, um, not being part of the cool crowd, 
um, having a medical condition when you were young, if you were overweight and teased at school, if you were underweight and gawky and, and teased at school, you know, these, this is a big one. Um, I had a beautiful African-American girl in my office. She goes, no, my family was great, blah, blah, blah. And I hit that one. She goes, oh my God, that's it, Rihanna. She goes, I was the only black girl in an all white school, Aww. never fit in, never accepted me. I was never good enough. And we how that play out in her adult relationships. She was always jealous and thought her boyfriend wanted somebody else. And she was gorgeous. Ooh, wow. Okay, so that happens a lot with the personal trauma. Number eight is sibling trauma. So most often, this is if you perceive your sibling to be the golden child. They were either more athletic, uh, more handsome or beautiful, more intelligent. Somehow they got more accolades from mom and dad. Um, that's the most common. Another one could be your sibling bullied you and was really nasty, or they might have been born with a medical condition or developed one as a teenager, which gave mom and dad more attention to them versus you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Next one. Um, now, I pulled from the later list. Like I said, there's 18 traumas. I only discussed 10 due to time. But number nine is family trauma. And I'll describe those. And then I'll tell you the other one I put there. Family trauma would be as if a parent was incarcerated, if you grew up in lack or poverty. Um, there was a lot of moves, like our military families have to move every four years, thus putting the kids in a new school every four years, which is very hard for a kid growing up. Um, mm -hmm. Losing a home by flood, fire. Uh, oh my gosh, look at all the, the natural trauma, traumatic events that happens in July, our hurricanes, yeah. Puerto Rico, floods, fires, mudslides, you know, constantly. Mm-hmm. And then I put in their community trauma because look at all the mass shootings Ooh, that are going on. Yeah. And we just had another one in Florida, you know, uh, Valentine's day. So sad. And, yeah, um, yeah. And I was out in Las Vegas talking, giving a speech there for their mass shooting, you know, around trauma. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is happening all over our world. Uh, an example, I have a client in Lebanon. Like I said, I'm a global coach. I work with people all over the world. And she said, Rihanna, I grew up every day not knowing if I was going to wake up the next day, if a bomb was going to hit us and we'd be dead, you know, because she grew up in an mm. act of war. Uh -huh. So the, the world trauma is getting worse and worse. You know, these numbers. Oh, yeah. I just read that mass killing they had in Syria like this last past week. It was horrible. Oh, God. Yeah. So we have one more. And this is if mom or dad had a mental illness. And back in my day, uh, they didn't diagnose mental illness. No, of course, pa not. parents did not want to go to counselors. It was so funny. You'll laugh at this. In eighth grade, I said, Mom, I want to go to a counselor. And she goes, nobody in my family will be a counselor. And I said, well, then I will grow up and become one. And yes, I have. <laughs> go, so, Mama. Yeah, right? So the, the mental health, the two most severe ones, or borderline personality, and for the listeners, I describe that as fast trigger anger, black and white moods, like one day they're happy and then the next minute they're sad or angry and you never know what you're going to get. So you're always walking on eggshells around a borderline person. When they're great, they're wonderful. When they're bad, they're horrid. Mm -hmm. And then the bipolar, which is manic depressive, real happy, happy highs, and then real low um, depressions or anger or exhaustion uh, is all forms mm -hmm. of depression. So those are 10. 
of the traumas. There's many more, many, many. And I just want to say too, for listeners, even, and so if you're listening to this, I'm just going to be totally transparent about kind of how I'm feeling and listening to that list and that, and I'm from some, you know, I had a quote unquote, pretty good childhood, very like two very loving parents and all that good stuff. But still in listening to that list, I'm a little bit like, whoa, there's been a lot of things that I never thought about in my life that have been traumatic for me. And so if you're just, I just want to tell people if you're listening to this right now and you might feel a little bit like a little heavy right now, I would want to imagine that's probably very, is that very common and normal for a lot of your clients, Rihanna, when they first uh, kind of come to you? Because it's like, whoa, this is, I didn't realize kind of a lot of the trauma that I had. Yeah. When they first hear the list, they're like, wow. Yeah. Okay. And they just kind of blew that off as I had a normal childhood. (laughs) And then, like I said, when they hear the list, it's like, wow, I had six of those or seven of those. I relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we dig deeper, you know, the bullying comes out or feelings of abandonment um, and, you know, other things. Um, but it's, that's very common. And, and this is why I, I work very closely with my clients and give them a real VIP experience because it's, it's fragile, you know, yeah. and we're, we're digging in deep into that. And then there's forgiveness and all kinds of different techniques that I use to help them get beyond the trauma and make the unconscious conscious. So the next part, Matt, that could be really interesting for your people is, okay, here's the 10 traumas, but do how do they come out as an adult? Like, that, what am really, I looking for? Yeah, I was <laughs> going to ask that. But yeah, I'm interested in a lot of, I'm super interested actually, because I, you hit on, I mean, I wanted to talk about the one you had in mind, but I, I know that I'm super interested also too in, I feel like I love that you um, brought up neglect because I don't think people talk about when they think of neglect, they think of, you know, your parents, you know, put you or your caretaker puts you in a room and doesn't give you food for a week. Like those horror stories, right? That's not the more and more I work with clients. I see kind of just the day to day neglect that I think people don't even realize kind of adds up. Exactly. I mean, even people on social media or on the computer and not reading to their kids today or watching TV and, you know, uh, really giving your children good quality time is so important. Mm, That's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's dig in with some of these. Like, so how, how kind of do they affect us now as adults? Sure. Okay. So let's talk about someone who lies. Okay. okay. I could have pop a lot of time. Too, by the way, this is so fucking interesting for me. So I'm <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so we could talk all night. So someone who lies and you say, oh my gosh, you don't even have to lie about that. Why are you lying all the time? This is someone that uses lies as, and all this was used as coping and survival mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So let's say a little boy came home with an F on his test and, you know, he knew he was going to get beat that day. He tried putting into an A. Dad fell for it. He didn't get beat. He found out, wow, lying works. So yeah. lying became a survival tool. Now, also um, charm and manipulation. This happens when someone didn't feel good enough. They didn't hear enough compliments or they were said, your opinion doesn't matter or you'll know, you'll grow up to be no good. You know, these kind of really bad negative comments. Mm-hmm. And this little boy may go into school and have a female teacher and start schmoozing her. Now he becomes a teacher's pet and he, re, you know, re feels love and attention. So he learns manipulation and charm works. 
Now let's talk about the comedian. Uh-oh, mm-hmm. this could be a sore point. No, I, re- I saw already on that last one. I'm like, uh-oh, I was a charm. <laughs> Here it comes. Jesus, yeah. Rihanna, go in. <laughs> All right. So the little person that uses humor is looking for that love and accolades and friendship by using humor and being funny. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they may not have gotten a lot of attention at home. And maybe the, you, you did, Matt. You said you had great parents, so that's awesome. But it, it's usually something to get some kind of attention because you feel different or you don't feel like you fit in. But comedy, everybody likes. Yeah. So if you're the comedian, you get, you know, popular or, you know, you get these the, the, a lot of friends because people love the funny person. No, I think that's you know. so – well, and also I want to tell people when you're thinking about childhood trauma, this isn't just about – because you already brought this up. Like I love that you talk about community trauma. Like I think about, you know, my boyfriend, my partner, he's a, uh-huh. a dark-skinned African-American man. So the type of community trauma he had as, you know, my parents yep. – now my parents never sat me down and told me when I was 16 what to do if a policeman pulled me over. I didn't get that talk. Yeah. So yeah. – yeah. And when you see with like, you know, like my heart went out to like with, you know, with Black Lives Matter that some black people felt very uplifted. But then they saw the backlash from that. That is traumatic for them as well. I'm not saying politically what's right. I'm just saying how it affects people. So – and, but in listening to this, I want to tell people, try not to think that just the trauma that happens to you, like, yeah, I had to, two great parents, but kind of one thing, just being transparent, that was traumatic. And I've talked about this a lot on my show and in speaking and stuff. What was often traumatic for me is that my parents were so supportive and kind of, you can be whatever you want to be. But then when I started going to school and being an effeminate boy that loved Wonder Woman, I started seeing right. that that was not what every, that's when I started to experience the trauma yes, the because the community yeah. had this storyline that I didn't fit in. So I just want to tell people that if you're thinking, well, I don't these things, I'm not saying look for problems, you're not, but I am saying like, look at the trauma and that, yeah, your, your immediate family might've been great, but like, going to school or your church or yes. wherever those things could have been stressful for you sports team whatever yep and this is where jealousy can come in if you had a lot of that trauma number 7 of the bullying or not feeling like you fit in or good enough or macho enough whatever this is where the jealousy often comes out I because unconsciously that so much in my friends not to but like i was just talking to a girlfriend the other day who's in a relationship with a guy and she like there's this I'm going to talk to her about this now after um, yeah. I tell her to look you up because she's yeah, like, why, where I always say to her just as, you know, I do like a little bit of CBT where she's like, well, I think he's doing this. And I'm like, where's your evidence for that? What's the evidence? That's right. And she doesn't have it. And so I'm yeah. like, well, then some, this is something about you that's triggering why you don't trust your boyfriend. Yes. And, and it is, these people are full with a lot of negative, fearful thoughts uh, eight out of 10 thoughts of the most of average people are negative. We retrain that to make it eight out of 10 positive. And when a negative one put, pops up, you correct it right away. It's it's a whole lot less common. Mm. So, yeah. So that all comes from that, you know, not feeling good enough, holding on too tight, being too jealous. And then, you know, you hold on so tight that you actually push your partner away. 
and then you say, see, you know, yeah. so you're, it's sabotaging. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sabotage here. Mm-hmm. Here's a common one for women, um, people pleasing. This could have been the, the little girl that grew up with the alcoholic mom and mom was in a bad mood and woke up bitching and it's like, okay, don't worry. I got the kids. She makes the, the lunches for school. She gets the kids ready and uh, she learns if she pleases, nobody will yell at her. Mm. Um, so as a woman, they can't, it's hard for them to say no. They often overdo for others, making them angry and resentful and exhausted. And this is basically used to help raise your self-esteem, to make them feel worthy. Mm. And this was learned unconsciously. If I do this, I will be loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah. What is, yeah, this is, I'm just, just kind of just, I'm going on for a little bit of a tangent in that. I've had several people that have written into me over oh, this. You talking about this triggered it for me that did the people pleasing thing and they wrote into the show. Um, and, but they, I thought it was, it, you know how like the university, it was literally like three questions came up the same month and they all had narcissistic um, fathers. And yes. so what kind of, mm-hmm. so just, I'm asking for them. Cause I know three different people wrote me and maybe they're still, hopefully still listening to the show of what, what kind of traumas show up for uh, kids dealing with a narcissistic parent. And when I say for people listening, I mean like a classic, like a, like a truly narcissistic parent, not just self-involved. Okay. Yeah, we want to look at the opposite sex parent. So a child that grows up, you know, looking for a male, mm-hmm. you know, or a man looking for a male mm-hmm. partner, how is the father? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, chemistry pulls you to the dysfunctional parent for the sex that you're interested in. Mm, I agree. So if that. you're a woman and you yeah. want a guy and your dad was like overbearing and all about him and you'll do it as I say – you know, unfortunately, your chemistry is going to be attracted to the same kind of guy. And then you're like, God, I, w- I married my father. Mm-hmm. Or you hear, you know, um, different person, you know, um, same, different person, same face, you know, or just the same type of person over and over and over again, you know, in a partner. So, yes, when you, you have that type of difficult father, demanding, controlling, you will tend to pick the same type. In your partner. Mm, and I imagine it, it probably promotes you to be, if you're, because I feel like sometimes narcissistic, that what what's interesting with all of these is that there's really not just one. So if you're dealing with addiction no. or you're dealing with narcissistic parent, then you're probably also dealing with neglect and you're probably all, you know, I mean, it's just, it lists on and on. It's an interesting puzzle, Maddie. It really is, you know, so everyone has their own puzzle and, you know, then that's when it's up to me and then us together as a team to unscramble Mm -hmm. this and be really consciously aware of what's coming up when it comes up and notice it and then correct it. And that's how we eventually get out of that cycle of the unconscious overriding the conscious smart decisions. So that's another one is impulsivity. That's one of the most dangerous, uh, sign, making risky choices, destroying Mm -hmm. your relationships, hurting your partner, being passive aggressive, doing something totally because you want it and don't even think if your partner's going to be hurt by it, Mm. you know, and that's impulsivity hurts relationships a lot, Mm. you know, and it's this form of entitlement or I didn't get this as a kid. I want it now um, kind of feeling. Mm. Yeah. I'm, Rihanna, I'm already having you on the show again. Um, I love you so much. 
good. So I'm interested, <laughs> like also, to, so it's for people listening to this and they say, <clears throat> pardon me, and they're saying, okay, wow, holy shit. I'm checking, I'm putting, yeah. checking off boxes all over. But the, but and now they have children or teens that are beginning to date and start to do all that. Like, what are uh, what are some steps that parents can take as far as you know raising their children to kind of break these patterns? Okay. Well, first of all, the parents have to get healthy. I hate yeah. when a parent drops a kid off at my office and say, "Fixes my fix my kid." And I said to the child, "You know what? You can wait right there. I'm going to take mom and dad in in the first whole sessions with the oh, parents." Oh boy, amen because, to that. Uh, amen. You're right. Yes. I'm sorry, guys. You know, if your parents, but I got to figure out what's going on between the couple, why the child is acting out, because there's yeah. always a reason. Yes. Or okay? you'll have the couple where the man or the woman. Like I had a couple that once the woman was like, they came to therapy. I'm like, why are you here? She's like, you need to fix him. But she right. didn't want to do any individual work or anything herself. And and who do you imagine was having probably the more the more mental health problems? Not him. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, so we all got to look at it for sure. Um, so yeah. Well, in dating, in, go ahead. In, dating in general, there's some rules, and then I can go into some smart discipline for for the parents. Sure. But when if for your singles out there who are dating, and I don't care if they're straight or LGBT, this applies. This information applies to everyone, and that's why it's so cool. You know, it's it's the dynamics of the trauma, not the sex or the age or, you know, your love situation. Mm -hmm. So if you're dating and um, you're going to find, like, these relationships are, like, really loving and a lot of attention and romantic and passionate in the very, very beginning. And then four months to nine months in, or when there's some kind of a more serious commitment, so that means if there's an engagement, you start living together or a marriage, this is when the the um, dysfunctional behavior starts coming out. So I'm going to name some of those. So if you are parents and you see your kids dating and you see them experiencing any of this, or you're dating and you're experiencing it, these are some of the warning signs. Um uh, overworking, overeating, overspending, or overindulging in alcohol or any other substance or behavior that could be addiction. Mm -hmm. um, controlling behavior, um, abusing alcohol, drugs, sex to soothe anxiety, trouble communicating about their fears, anger, or needs, or shutting down completely, which is passive-aggressive behavior. And this is where the communication is really tough. You know, somebody screams or yells or demands, that's not healthy. Um, and they either learn that growing up, that this is how we solve problems. We scream at each other because my parents did, or they're feeling attacked or blamed. And very often the, the child of trauma will blame their partner versus saying, hey, we have an issue. Can we talk about this? Mm. You know, there's a lot of blame. Another thing is, and you mentioned it, is negative false assumptions is what I, I call that of your female friend. Um, you know, she's feeling so much that this is going on. It's got to be true, but it's negative yeah. and it's false. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is coming from, there's a lot of lack of trust, a lot of fear. Um, if one of the partners start engaging in a secret life, uh, the power is in the secret, you know, the power of control. Um, and a lot of people live on the dark side. There's a lot of shadows, fronting lies, manipulations, conning behaviors, affairs, 
um, high addiction to porn, which is, you know, not very loving towards your partner, Mm -hmm. any behavior, not loving towards your partner. And then the last is that blame or they can't apologize. You know, they can never say they're sorry, or they do things that are really obviously wrong and there's no remorse to the wrongdoings. And when this gets even worse, um, some people with close to 10 of the traumas could be sociopathic. Yeah. Yeah. And no concern for another person's feelings. So, and do you know, you know, the sociopath next door, that, that book written by Martha Stout, she quotes one in 25 people are sociopathic. So daters beware. Um, Is that a good book? I haven't read it. I've heard of it. Is it a good book? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I read so much and, and I actually have uh, close to 280 sources cut into my books. So that was one of them that I mm. quoted. Uh, yeah. So and now you mentioned about parenting. What can you do to bring up kids to help them be uh, more emotionally healthy and resilient? Mm-hmm. Um, and I call this smart discipline techniques. And this is from a chapter in Live Beyond Your Dreams, where I have a chapter for kids for teens and I have one for mm-hmm. parents. So there's a lot in there, but I'll just read some of the, you know, tell you some of the more positive ones. Uh, point out positive behavior. Make sure you're praising good behavior, not all behavior, but when they do something that's kind or loving uh, to a stranger, to a family member, you know, using manner words a lot around your children, they will pick it up too. The please, thank you, may I, you're welcome, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, treating your children with respect. Mm-hmm. You know, what you're you're showing, what you're modeling, they will turn around and do this too. So you want to do this from when they're very young. I, I break it down three um, age categories in my book from zero to five, five to 15, and then 15 and above. So Um, as parents, you want to present a united front. So whether you're married or divorced, and if grandparents are actively raising your kids, all the house rules should be the same and agreed upon, as well as the disciplines and rewards. Okay. The next one, follow through. You know, if you say you're going to do something, stick to it because if they find they can manipulate you, if you keep threatening, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and you don't do it. Well, they're going to keep pushing your limits, and this will be someone that uh, does not understand boundaries as they get older. Mm. So what I did with my young children, I didn't mean my girls to be science experiments, but they grew up to be amazing women. I had two daughters, and um, my one daughter, Alexi Pano, speaks around the world. Um, She's out there changing lives and putting water wells in Africa since the age of 20 and on three multi-platinum CDs as a singer and a host on TV shows. I mean, tons of accolades. And my other daughter, very successful and out of the home also at both at age 19. So this is um, what I call positive parenting techniques. And I used something when they were very young called the star chart. And I read about this when I was pregnant with Steph, who is now 35, And it is, uh, you get so much more um, positive behavior by rewarding positive acts. Mm -hmm. So that I speak about how to use the chart and how to set it up in my book. And then as they become teenagers now, it's an allowance chart. Mm -hmm. So when the kids want to go to the movies, it's like, can I have $20 for the movies? You know, I would say, did you earn it? 
So if they earn it, now they take that 20, they go to the movies, they learned the value of money. Well, I could blow all 20 bucks this one thing, or I could just get a small popcorn instead of a large and a small drink and have 10 left over, mm-hmm. you know? So they're learning the value of money. I also had my children working since they were young. One of them helped me in my model and talent agency, and the other one helped her dad in um, his restaurant. So they learned to work with adults and other coworkers and you know, it's funny. My kids knew all my models and actors, singers and dancers' names. You know, they walk in, hey, how you doing, Marge? Mm-hmm. You know, and Marge is 45, and but they put together all the headshots and the Z cards. So, you know, it helps them socially, and it helps them to know the value of money when they're earning it. So even if it's dog sitting or babysitting when they're young, whatever they can do, it's important. Offer choices. You can do choice A or B. You know, um, listen to their feelings. Kids' feelings are not wrong. And when they're in love, it's not puppy love. It's It's important. important. That's their first. Oh, man. It's their first love uh, partner. And it means the world to them. And honestly, too, it can feel, it can honestly feel, and I've read, you know, that it can feel even deeper than adult love at the time because, I mean, Matt, you know, we have to forget that we joke about it, but truly, their their hormones, their bodies really are in this heightened state because this is all, you know, it's like, a, you know, a woman who's um, who's pregnant, who kind of feels in different ways and sometimes just literally feels deeper because there's more hormones in her body reacting. And so I, yes. I that really was a big turnaround for me working with youth is like really in my head, I might want to say this is going to pass. You're come on, girl. But but really, try, I agree with that. Really try to be present with them and respect, you know, what they're going through. Well, the other thing is their their maturity level in their brains does not reach yeah, full exactly. maturity, emotional maturity until 25, 26 years old. So they're not able to handle the crush that just dropped them for someone else or who like cheated. Physically not able to do it. And I think that's what's important to remind people. They're physically not yes it's like you're trying to tell someone to run when they haven't grown their other leg yet exactly and this is why when i say i work with trauma it's not only childhood but it's dating and relationship trauma so someone could have had a really great uh family life growing up, but their first boyfriend at 15 might have been verbally abusive, physically abusive. And then, yep. you know, that's the first sign that was the first stage of love for them. So, you know, yeah. dating trauma, relationship trauma is all part of this, this traumas that we, you know, I work with. So, you know, being affectionate, show that you, hu- you know, hugs and kiss and often say, I love you, praise them. Um, you know, I always say, if tell a, a kid he's bad, he's going to grow, grow up to be bad. Tell him like, you know, you're so proud of them. He's smart and wonderful and they will grow up to be smart and wonderful because kids fulfill yeah, it, your <laughs> expectations. They And they really are. A sponge. I think for people listening that, you know, some people, you know, I've heard say I worked with my dad some when I was in middle school and high school as well. So did my brother. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you should let kids be kids and they shouldn't work. And I understand people's ideology in that, but especially becoming a therapist and learning just how, I mean, you know, not to compare us to dogs, but from this Pavlovian, you know, type of conditioning, the younger that you know, it was very beneficial for me at a young age to work because like you were yeah. saying, like your daughters, 
if you think that when you turn 18 that you're suddenly going to have you're going to know how to work with adults and communicate with them effectively this the chances of that you succeeding in that are going to be much higher if you had worked already it's a much harder thing to learn the older you get true and then they're learning discipline from bosses so they're, they're learning to be responsible and respectful to other adults, which will come back to you as well. And I'm not talking like work them like, you know, all these exactly. hours, you know, no, part time, just a little bit, part time. Just a little bit. It's important for, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Uh, for what, oh, sorry, I got off on a subject because that was just dang interesting and I was taking notes. Um, what do, um, so with, if, um, if there's like one, if, oh yeah, I know what I was going to say now. So how do you feel like, um, oh my gosh, Rihanna, I could go on for like three hours. I can't believe it's already 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, I know. But, but so I want to, we're going to get to chatting Hattie in a minute and, um, I'm going to end up, I'm getting both your books and I'm reading them and I'm going to have you on again. Cause seriously, I really, I think like. I feel like you just gave an overview of our next year of conversations because I think, you know, what <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, well, just you, we could have a whole podcast just about the trauma of overeating, you know, or yeah. what that is. You know what I mean? Like we could really break these down, but something I'm interested in your take is just with, um, I have two, a two part question and it revolves okay. in the, the me too movement that's going on. I was planning on asking you like, how is that affecting, you know, dating now? But I also want to ask, just from what you've talked about, what has the Me Too movement? It, it, I'm very glad it's happening. I'm a big supporter of yeah. it. And, yeah. um, but also, too, just re- recognizing when you talk about community trauma, has Me Too, I know it's helpful in some ways, but it also is Me Too bringing, I'm imagining, is it bringing up a lot of community trauma for women and for men too, but primarily as we're talking about women with this, that, you know, yeah. that we haven't been discussed before? Well, you know, we were brought up, brought up with such shame if something happened to us in that respect, you know, if we were molested or raped and it was like, don't talk about it, don't tell anyone. Uh-huh. It was so shame-based. And, you know, we learned just to keep quiet or not tell. And, you know, this is what that whole community was wrapped around, you know, it was shameful. And then it came out and it's like, and, and I really love that moment, movement because, you know, last night was a town hall with these kids from the Florida school getting on and, and yeah. talking to the NRA and the senators of our state. And, you know, now they are saying talking up is good. Yes. You know, don't suffer in silence. Don't hide. Don't feel guilt. Don't feel shame about any trauma that happens to you. And when you become proactive, versus reactive, proactive is trying to make a change. When mm-hmm. you're proactive, it helps not only you, but your message and your mission is helping the world. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm stemming from with this childhood trauma piece too. What happened to me with that marriage was devastating. I'm like, you know, I can either be ashamed and embarrassed it happened, mm-hmm. or you know what? I'm going to go out and see if anyone else is suffering with this. And then the more I dug, I'm like, oh my God, so many people are, and someone's got to start talking about it and educating because we didn't learn this in school. Mm-hmm. None of us learned this, you know, as well as what is the emotionally healthy relationship look like? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we aiming for? Because nobody taught us this. And no, that's all in all. the books. And that's what I teach as well in my coaching. So 
that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I, you know, I I had a an, a guest on who he deals a lot with sexual assault, and he got into it because his this is before me to this is before me too. We really even started, um, mm-hmm. but um, this is probably like a year ago that I had him on the show. But he was talking about you know he got into it because his sister was raped when he was in college, and how mm-hmm. again how he talked about you know he said I don't mean to make it about me, but like this really was a traumatic event for the, our entire family, not just for my yes. sister. He said, I dropped out of college. I couldn't finish college. Like, and so he ended up dedicating his life to doing this. And it, it's interesting how like, you know, with the me too movement and stuff, how we have the shame of, of, of not talking about things. And, the sh- and, you know, he even talked about it. He said, just think about the movies and television. You see what's one of the most romantic things when the guy comes in and without even asking surprises a woman and swipes her off her feet and kisses her. And I yeah. thought, wow, we're so inundated and mm. with these messages that we that we even have a positive affinity. And exactly, what is chemistry? What you know? Exactly. What are the messages in our fairy tales? Let the prince kiss you, and then you're swept away and you're happily ever after. Like bullshit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Don't so, fall in love by chemistry. It's the worst way. It's a, the least safest way to find an emotionally healthy partner. Is that, by chemistry. I want people to hear that because no one has ever said that on us. Do not fall in love by chemistry. I alone. think yeah. alone. I think that's, I think that is probably the best dating advice I've ever had someone say on my show. Just even if, if, if you're listening, you take away that. Um, yeah. I just, Rihanna, you know, your shit. I love it. <laughs> I love Thank it. Thank you, my dear. Oh my God. I love chatting about this stuff. I, no, I could I do, do it too. all day. I do too. And so, well, let's jump into some chatty, Maddie. But I, like I said, I'm going to, um, we're, I'm going to have you back on in a few months and have a conversation about this. So we will be talking more, but, um, sure. so, so jumping in though, chatty, Maddie, number one, what is your, uh, uh, favorite childhood smell, or sometimes people do memory too. Yeah, my favorite memory is the family vacations in Key West, Florida, with my dad for two weeks solid. I had my dad for two weeks, five kids, a family dog in the station wagon, driving down to Key West and having our vacation there. So I grew up before Duval Street was Duval Street, and uh, really love our family memories there. Uh, well, I bet the beach the, there's <laughs> that beach smell. You know, you can as you. Yeah. As you're telling it, I'm, I can know what the beach smells like. So I know exactly. I, so yeah, it's all there. Um, now yeah. you've already, I would normally ask what the name of your memoir, Chatty Manning number two, but well, sugar, you've already written two books. Well, I've written five, but oh, my, five. Bio, yeah, my biography is live beyond your dreams. That one where the mindset for success, I found I had to use that many times in my life growing up. And then I taught my actors and models to succeed. And, um, you know, I wish I had the childhood trauma piece because I would love to work more with models and actors, singers, dancers, who just really, you know, a lot of them don't feel worthy of their success or they want the accolades of success so much because they've come from trauma. That's most of my practice is working with actors here in L.A. So I I definitely Yep, 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 yep. You know, and I could name a few, but I won't do that on the show. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's my perfect client, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I get the entertainment being a, a manager and an agent. I get that world and uh, growing my daughter up in that world. Um, so it just goes into how I handle a lot of difficult transitions in my life. So that was part of my my memoir. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Chatty Maddie number three, what's the best piece of advice that you wish you'd taken earlier in life? Uh, marry later. Well, I, <laughs> I told my girls, to don't marry till your later 20s because you're going to grow so much in your 20s. And I mean, I love having my daughters, but I had them at 24 and 25. And, um, you know, your life is much harder because you have to. And then I became divorced at, um, you know, 26. So oh, wow. I... Yeah. Um, wow, you and, really did it. And I was single mom dad for many years and worked very hard to make sure that they were okay and had the life I wanted them to have. So I just wish I married a little later. Yeah. But like you said earlier too, I mean, literally your brain's not even formed until you're a quarter of a century, until you're 25. But you know what? Our generation was, you go to college, you meet your, yeah. your sweetheart, you marry. You know, what a bad generational tip that was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, or yeah. where I'm from, a lot of people, it was, they didn't go to college. So right when you get out of high school, you're married in a month. I mean, just- yeah. 18, but oh, really? And a lot of them are divorced now, sadly. Um, All right. Chatty Manning number four, what day would be your Groundhog Day? So, what day was such a good day that you're like, I could do this all all the time? Uh, I would probably say vacation time in Paris or Barcelona. Oh, you win. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I had some major, beautiful times, and I love travel in general. But, you know, just the people, the, the sites, the history, the architecture, the food, the music. The, yeah. the Spanish men. Give me Europe. The Spanish yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all hot. With your blonde <laughs> hair. I bet they loved you. Oh, yeah. Barcelona was amazing. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Eh, we'll oh yeah <laughs> we'll leave it at that in case your daughters are listening um <laughs> the last chatty maddie when are you most inspired uh, actually when i meditate i meditate every day for 15 minutes all my clients do um it's really good in, in calming an anxious mind but it's amazing what pops into my mind like the next uh promotional event or something i want to do in business uh so med- meditation or when i write of course i love to write i'm an author and when i coach my clients like i just love to see the aha moments and the transformation of my clients the testimonials they write me. And if anyone's interested, they can see that on my website, riannamilne.com. Uh, it's just so, uh, it's just so fulfilling, Matt, you know, Ooh. that I can help change lives. Ooh. So it's my mission. It's my purpose to take anybody's pain and transform it into a purpose and meaning and peace in life. Yes. Hey. Meant to that. Rihanna, what I love <laughs> about you is again, and I mentioned in the beginning of the show, but I just love that um, cause I've done just a little bit of it. I haven't even done what you've done, but all the hard work that in the study and the time, and I know I see all those letters by your name and I, and I know how many <laughs> hours that takes to do all that, oh, yeah, but it, for sure. But it's so, <laughs> what you're doing is so sensitive and so important. And it, the fact that you put in the time, I mean, it, it's, you would think you would meet more, but you don't really meet people. A lot of people that are true experts that are really able to heal lives and, and kind of walk the walk. And so I just, I admire that extremely uh, about you very, very much. Thank you. No, Thank you so, so much. I mean that with all my heart. And so now tell everybody, you mentioned your website and all these are going to be, show notes are going to be, uh, uh, all these information is going to be in the show notes, everybody. But you said Um Yes. And that's R-I-A. I have. Yeah. To, to tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. Okay. So it's spelled R-I-A-N-A. 
M-I-L-N-E, rihannamilne.com. And I have a free ebook. I think that will be very helpful for anybody that wants to go deeper with this subject. It's at its own website. It's havetheloveyoudeserve.com. And that's a free ebook, havetheloveyoudeserve.com. And I am offering to all your listeners, Maddie, a free one-hour private session with me. It's a life and love transformation strategy session. And it would be great if they download the ebook first, read it, do the self-test on the childhood traumas, and then say, Rihanna, I want to meet with you and tell me a little bit about your story. And to get that session, you just go to my website. There's a pop-up there and it just says, tell me your story. And nobody else sees that email. I, I treasure that it's very private to you. Once I get that, um, I may touch base. We set an appointment and I meet you by Skype. And if you're a couple, I do that as well. I meet you on Zoom and I would set up the Zoom link for that. So I am here to help your listeners however I can. And please don't be shy. Please reach out and see if I well, can help. Girl, I think you can. Lord, you help me. And I'm just, <laughs> we haven't even done a full set. I'm just listening to just t- talk about kind of the highlights. Well, I, I hope that this has been, <laughs> uh, again, I'm already going to, I'm already planning on reading your books and I want to talk about this more just because I think that like I said, you're doing great. Well, great, great, great work. So again, if you're in, anybody listening that's interested in this, I'm going to have you. all the, I'm going to have all those links that she just talked about. So randomilm.com. I'm going to have the love you deserve.com. I'm going to have that link up there. Um, basically everything about uh, Rihanna that you can see uh, will be in the show notes. So be sure to go to that. And I'm sure that, um, do you tweet? Do you Facebook? Is that on there too? I know some people like that. Oh, my, my Facebook. Yeah, I have all my show announcements on my Facebook page. It's Coach Rihanna Milne. And I have a ton of videos on Rihanna Milne, my YouTube channel, that could be helpful as well. So just subscribe and you'll get everything new that's posted. Great, 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 great. Um, Rihanna, thank you so much for being on the show today. This is a true, a true, you, a true joy, true joy. It really was. I want to encourage your listeners. I mean, it's time. Don't wait. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve, you know, and don't suffer in silence anymore. Reach out, please, get some please help. Please do. Well, thank you so much, Rihanna. And for everybody else listening, you know the drill. Do um, do something for yourself and do something for someone else this week. And we will see you next week. Uh, all right, everybody. Bye. Sugar, right? Did you have to pull over and get the workbook out and you were like, shit, Maddie was right. This is a dig deep episode. I, I'm definitely going to have her on again. I really feel like, I just feel like we could have talked about so many specific things for a whole hour. Um, This episode honestly has really stuck with me in the fact of something just to get personal that really kind of hit home for me is that. My father was one of those dads who worked all the time and because he grew up really poor and it still stuck with me how like, and this isn't my dad's fault or anything, he was doing the best he can, but he was gone so much working. There was that when she was talking about the trauma of feeling abandoned, even from supportive parents that are gone working all the time. That was a very aha moment for me because it's something that I'd never realized that, um, that I'd had that I'd had. And I remember when my mother started to go to work as well after my parents got divorced. Then I had both parents that were working and my mom was gone to Oklahoma City a lot. And it was, it was one of those times in my life that even when I think about it, some things I remember, some things I think I tried to forget because it was just, and it wasn't even like 
I'm not like precious or anything of this. It wasn't this, oh my God, I'm crying in a Lifetime movie. And I didn't even cry about these things. But it still was disorienting, dysregulating for having, you know, my parents that, you know, were there all the time suddenly now doing the best they can to just put food on the table so I could eat. So I'm so grateful for it. But it's still, I think when we look at these patterns of what happened in our childhood, it's not about putting judgment on anybody of what happened. Sometimes, yes, in abuse and some really, you know, obviously in those situations, yeah. But in other situations, it's not about that at all. It's just people are doing the best they can, but it still affects us in negative and positive ways and to almost to um, take any type of judgment out of it. So, sugars, be sure to take advantage of that. Rihanna, she's going to be giving you a one hour of her time. It's like worth 500 bucks. And it's to go over where you are in your life, struggling with your life and love. Uh, Again, she has male, female clients, younger, older, straight, LGBT. Everyone's, you can meet with her. She does it by Skype. And she says, if you just go to RihannaMilne.com, M-I-L-N-E, and that's in the show notes of the show, right on the pop-up form, just tell her your story. And she said it goes directly to her, um, and then she can reach out to you and set up an appointment. Also, remember, she said that's totally private and anonymous. So um, no judgment from Rihanna. She wants you to have the life and love you deserve. So go to her website, RihannaMilne.com, for that offer for y'all for um, a one-hour coaching. That is great. Also, don't forget that she has uh, the special report, The Shocking Truth, uh, Why 9 Out of 10 People Struggle in Life and Love and How to Have the Love You Deserve. And that's going, that's at her website, howtohavethelovedeserve.com. She also says that on Thursday, April 5th, because I emailed her, I was like, hey, Sugar, what's going on? The show's going up, and we recorded this a month ago, so what happened? And she said she is doing a master class, successful in business, but struggle in love. Ooh, ooh, successful in business, but struggle in love. Damn, damn, sorry. I don't have that anymore, but... I did that for a while. Now I feel like I'm the other way around. The love's good and the business is, yeah, it's getting there. Anyway, sugars, I really hope that you enjoyed having her on the show. Let me know because if you, well, I know you did, but let me know anything you wanted me to ask or any other questions because I'm definitely going to talk to her again. You can tweet me at the Matt Mar, two T's, two R's. You can go on the DearMattyShow.com website. That's where you can ask your advice questions, sugars. You can also find me at Instagram at the Matt Mar. And y'all can also listen to me at TVT Time. Y'all know that show I do with Jake. We're talking about Riverdale and gay jokes and totally other random stuff. But um, yeah, sugars. And I appreciate y'all so much. I hope the week is going well. I'm just enjoying this rainy weather. Poor all my friends in the Northeast going through that Nor'easter. Bless y'all. Let's hope this is the last one because, woo. Lord, I know God is good, but it's better when it's sunny. All right, can we get an amen on that one, y'all? Okay, I love y'all very much, and have a good week. Bye.